This is Be Well, the podcast from rehabilitation experts from Good Shepherd Rehabilitation Network. Diagnosis and treatment of painful muscle syndromes can be a difficult and frustrating task for any clinician. Our topic today is Botox for migraines, TMJ, and other musculoskeletal pain. My guest is Dr. Asare Christian. He's the Associate Outpatient Medical Director at Good Shepherd Rehabilitation Network. Welcome to the show, Dr. Christian. What has been the mainstay therapy for pain sufferers for migraines, TMJ, and other musculoskeletal pain? So for migraine and other pain conditions in the past, uh, the options we've had have been very limited to just oral pharmacotherapy, uh, basically medications, uh, specifically uh, medications that we use for migraines. And this type of chronic pain syndromes are anti-seizure medications, antidepressants. So medications that we're using off-label and they have multiple side effects that a lot of times patients cannot tolerate. Uh, additionally, but fortunately now, we have uh, botulin toxin, Botox specifically, uh, which we can use to treat individuals with migraines and pains such as TMJ and other musculoskeletal pain complaints. So Botox has been used for cosmetic surgery, obviously, for years. How is it breaking onto the scene for other issues, such as pain control? Tell us a little bit about its intended purpose. Right. So I think most people are familiar with botulin tax, but even before then, historically, we've known that Botox actually works for pain. So um, way back when we were using Botox for uh, treating dystonia, basically stiffness uh, within the neck, we did recognize that when individuals get treatment for um, dystonia, they actually end up having improvement in pain. So we have known that there is a benefit of uh, pain uh, relief from Botox many, many years ago. And then subsequently, uh, we started doing Botox for cosmetics. And then we also recognized that a lot of these uh, uh, ladies that were using, uh, ladies or men who were using Botox for cosmetics, well, if they have migraine, we also noticed that this is something that also helps with their migraine. And then subsequently, we've had uh, studies that has confirmed this and this has become one of the ways to treat migraine. Speak about the clinical indications for its use. Are you looking to traditional forms of treatment first? Is this ever used as a first line of defense? So when it comes to migraine, migraine alone, so the indication for Botox is for chronic migraine. So this is individuals who have migraines more than 15 days out of the month. So that's the definition of a chronic migraine. So we do have individuals who get migraines every once in a while, uh, but if you're getting migraines 15 days out of the month and it's debilitating, those are the indications for uh, Botox for a chronic migraine. So in the example of musculoskeletal pain and depending where it is, where is the most likely area of concentration? What are you seeing? So when it comes to musculoskeletal pain complaints, we actually does not have current indication for uh, Botox for, from the FDA. I mean, this is talking about FDA, indication for Botox for musculoskeletal pain. But we do have it for dystonia. So dystonia occurs within the muscles of the cervical spine, so within the neck muscles, within the back, uh, upper back, so thoracic region, lumbar region. Uh, so all these areas can develop um, sustained muscle contractions that are very painful, and those can be considered as dystonic muscles and those are the areas that we can treat with uh, botulin toxin. So, for example, uh, some people have had surgery for their back because of going through surgery, muscles and tendons uh, heal, and things can become very tight and become very painful. So even though the surgical situation has corrected the problem, 
that was uh, initially there. Scars and other immobility uh, complications can lead to tight muscles, and this can be an indication uh, to treat with Botox as well. Can you even use it for conditions such as Parkinson's disease when you're talking about maybe foot dystonia? Botox is an indicator for dystonia. So if individuals have Parkinson's and they have tight muscles, that will be indicated. MS patients that have spasticity and have pain uh, with that can also be used for treatment. Is there some variability as to how quickly patients begin to see benefits? And is there certain patient selection criteria that you would like to discuss? In general, botulinum and Botox start working in three days, peaks around three weeks, and it lasts for about three months. So it's kind of three, 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 three days, three weeks, and three months. But we do know in clinical practice that there is variability in terms of how people respond to therapy. So uh, everybody will respond to this differently. Majority of the people uh, will say by four weeks, if they're going to notice any improvement in their symptoms, do see that improvement within about four weeks or so. In terms of duration, individuals goes between uh, two months to four months. So there's people that will get treatment. It will last for about a month. There's individuals, majority of people will get about three months. And even we do have some people that will have pain relief uh, more than uh, three months up to four and six months. In an example, Dr. Christian, such as TMJ, based on where it's located, is there a learning curve for these injections? Have you seen that more experience produces better outcome? Tell us a little bit about the physician's experience with this. Absolutely. And this is consistent with all type of uh, interventions we do in medicine. The more uh, experienced uh, clinicians are based on their training and exposure, does make a difference in terms of outcome. So for TMJ specifically, you have to really understand the anatomy. Uh, you have to have a better, a good understanding of what else is going on within the patient history. Sometimes you might have to think about dentistry. I'm not a dentist, but looking at all these other components that can play into the patient's symptoms. So if we don't have a good understanding of what else is going on within the patient's life, other stresses, we know some of these things can be triggered by stress. So TMJ, uh, some people will have more grinding and more other symptoms when they are stressed. So getting a better picture of what else is going on within the patient's symptoms and history helps. And obviously, having had the experience with using botulinum toxin and having the, uh, the right techniques makes a difference for patients. Dr. Christian, summarize this for us. Tell other providers what you'd like them to know about the use of Botox for migraines and other musculoskeletal pain, including TMJ, and when you think it's important that they refer to the specialists at Good Shepherd Physician Group. So I think what I would like doctors to understand, uh, this is, you know, throughout our medical training, we have uh, some understanding of how botulinum work, which is uh, it works by blocking acetylcholine. So what we've learned in, in residency, if you do not have residency in neurology or pain or specifically physical medicine, uh, you don't have this concept of the anti-nociceptive effect, meaning the pain effect that we get from botulinum treatment. Uh, so historically, we've known this for a long time. So within our specialty, uh, we have been using botulinum Obviously, there is some side effects, so it helps to have exposure and experience with how this works. Uh, and if uh, any providers are out there who have uh, individuals that have migraines, they're not responding to current therapies, which are the medications that we have, they do have side effects. They can't tolerate. They're having more than 15 days of migraine and with functional uh, impairment. Uh, this will be a good place to start. 
Also, uh, if there's individuals who've had uh, chronic uh, muscle uh, pain that has not responded to epidural injections, uh, they have not responded to um, uh, surgical interventions, which is actually something I see quite a bit in my practice. So post-laminectomy syndrome, individuals who have surgery, subsequently the structure is fixed, and now they have all this muscle tightness, they have all this pain, uh, that will also be a population that we can manage uh, safely here in our clinic. Same goes for TMJ and other uh, dystonia and other chronic uh, pain conditions that relate to the musculoskeletal system. Thank you so much, Dr. Christian, for coming on with us today and sharing your expertise. This is such an interesting topic. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Be Well, the podcast from the rehabilitation experts at Good Shepherd Rehabilitation Network. For more information on resources available at Good Shepherd Rehabilitation Network, please visit goodshepherdrehab.org. That's goodshepherdrehab.org. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.